0: Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you say
1: hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to remind you that six to two wins and losses either way tough to put a finger on this team to see which uh, which way the wind's going to blow. So, it's Weldy sitting here with Andrew. Uh, split over down in Omaha uh, and uh, 6-2 to for the good guys there on Friday. Uh, the Mavs came back 6-2 to on Saturday in games that were about as completely different as the score indicated. I think, um, you know, kind of for the most part, the Huskies dominated play there on, on Friday. Showed up in the scoreboard. Mavericks came out, dominated play on Saturday, showed up in the scoreboard. Um, I think the results kind of fit uh, for how everything how everything kind of ended up. So, um, I can't put a finger on this team. Uh, you know, obviously after Friday's game, just the dominating, uh, force that that the Huskies came out with and really put the hammer down, and I I felt like this was going to be a turning point, and then just laying an egg there on Saturday, it was, it, it was that just that kind of crushing feeling that's like, uh, what, what do we have to do to kind of get off this, this schneid that we're on?
0: Yeah. As he said, it's one step forward. Uh, and then one step back, it was really nice to see that Friday game. Cause we haven't seen yeah. that in over a month at that point. Uh, yeah, probably everything was clicking Denver, him, right? So. Yeah. Uh, and power play was hot. Penalty kill was hot. Mm-hmm. Adam Ingram was hot. That he was. Miettinen, Miettinen had his best game in months. Uh, <laughs> a year. <laughs> Caster was solid. Uh, defense was good. Didn't really see a ton of hiccups from the usual suspects. But then we saw... All of those defects that I said we avoided on Friday and then some, some insults or insult to injury or injury to insult, maybe uh, because he had Peart and uh, Traeball leave with injury on Saturday. I uh, do hope that they're OK. It sounded like Larson didn't think that those were serious injuries, but obviously with the Anhorn injury already looming large mm-hmm. since he's been out certainly don't want to lose anymore on the back end. Uh, and so hopefully that isn't going to, I mean, the Trayball one, especially. It, it took us a while to, to realize that Peart was gone. He had taken a penalty. There there was a penalty that was a hit on him in the first period. And then by the second, we're like, yeah, God, we haven't seen Peart in a while. And put two and two together it probably had something to do with that hit. I, I did not go back to see it uh, on the replay. I didn't go back oh, to watch right. any you of the were, replay. You were down I was in the building. Yeah, that's right. Building. You were in the
1: you were you were at the backs.
0: You were at the battle at the backs.
1: the backs.
0: Yeah, I was. I will say I it did it was a very minor part of my equation of going to this series, but as I said, I did not go back to watch the replay on the stream, partly because I didn't want to <laughs> endure it <laughs> the, the Omaha no the the Omaha stream, uh and, and their announcers. Oh man. Um, Saturday sadly imagined Saturday. I can't only imagine. I, I missed the horror show. Reiners,
1: but, uh, <laughs> Rainiers, Um He said it correctly <laughs> the first time, corrected himself incorrectly, and then said it incorrectly the rest of the the, the match. Um, but I mean, what took the cake was the them talking about the origin of the fish, throwing the fish on the ice, which is like okay, but yeah. is what, what? What is it? I well, mean, give me the
0: very five second.
1: That's the version. thing is that we can't, we can't break it down. It turned into, I swear, a four minute game time ramble about just
0: randomness that I still don't know what it comes down to with the story of the fish. I thought when you said that, I, when you're like, <laughs> well, the worst was, I thought you're going to say that they were, they went on about St. Claude dining options. Which they oh, did last yeah. year. Talking oh, about man, the Green, mill. The green oh, mill. I love the Green Mill. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yes, and the Olive <laughs> Garden. Quite enjoy the the Italian food there. Uh, God. But no, I well, I did kind of think to myself, I, What what like, the hell is with the stupid fish thing? That is a pretty say- dumb st
1: cloud actually has some decent dining options and then they threw out the green mill last year and then sloshman had that best of the nchc and he put the green mill on that list no he put in chipotle that's right
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and i'm
1: like granted like like i ranted about that on twitter i think i did like three or four tweets of like you know here's like there's Know, plenty of places that you can try some chain some not um which r.i.p to the old Capitol tavern which was one of my favorites that is unfortunately closed yeah no yeah i wasn't happy about that <sighs> that was that was about that one that one still kind of stings a little bit but it is bad news <laughs> anyway anyway um yeah well it was yeah it was prime form uh, there for the Omaha announcement, uh, I <laughs> well, will
0: say that I'd say i say I am glad I missed it. Um, <laughs> but to say too that the Saturday game wasn't wasn't any better experiencing it in the building than it would have been on TV. You got a little FaceTime uh, on camera though, so yeah, you sent. I, I was looking <laughs> looking extremely happy as as you uh, as you noted. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't look, uh, I got the resting B face apparently, uh, syndrome. So I I don't know. But, I don't, I give
1: yourself more credit. You, you had the resting, what the hell is going on with this team face, which
0: I think we right, that, all that would have been over the, yeah that would have been right after the second goal for Omaha, right? Correct. Yeah. R- that was right before now. the
1: St. Cloud power play.
0: Yep. So yeah, to be fair, that was not the best start that the Huskies have, uh, they have put on, uh, took the time this out, this pulled Bassie. Yeah, well, I don't really, know if we want to. Really, I, I Really I, on that. I, I, how about we go back to Friday? We, let's let's go back we to re, positive. Re, right, really the uh, the good part of the weekend let's, first. Let's, let's go. So this fish
1: that they threw. No, I'm just kidding. Let's, let's go back to let's go back to Friday, which um obviously, um, like right off the hop, it's like this this team is aggressive. They're tenacious. They're on the puck. It was. Just overall, uh, just like you said, one of their best games in, it, it, I would say, the second half of the season. Oh, certainly. Um, so it's, um, we were able to, uh, pop in a couple of just really pretty goals that we haven't seen. Uh, Crookshank gets a pair on the power play. Ingram gets a pair, one on the power play, one on a beautiful tic tac toe. Um. with a really nice play to kind of shrug off a defender and and roof it off the far side um and then uh Jack Rogers kind of making a play there um god he's just he's so awkward skating every time Jack Rogers like makes a stride it's just I don't know I don't maybe maybe he's like 6'3 and maybe that's what I'm just focused on but he just looks like his limbs are just a little bit out of control but be able to protect the puck, go around the back of the net, and slide it over to a wide open Grant Deshaun there uh, on the back door. So it's um yeah, I mean I've got nothing but absolute great things to say. Both goals that Omaha score were incredibly good. Um, Bushy kind of faltered on uh, the first goal for Miller, but I mean Miller, not to take any away from him, but like that because that. No, nope, burned the other two Huskies pretty easily and then able to burn Caster as well. I mean, that's, I haven't seen the top plays, but I would imagine that's going to be the top play of the weekend.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, good, good to see all that, what you had just recapped there. The Crookshank goal, obviously kind of late on that first power play chance, minute 30 into the power play, and you're kind of thinking, pop one in here, it's early enough. It can really set the tempo here, not only for this game, but for the weekend. And I thought that was obviously a huge goal to score the first one on the road. Great play by Ashan. He's had a couple of good weekends here since getting back in the lineup. Um, uh, Surprising, uh, the biggest surprise I thought for the lineup was uh, Chase Brand back in the lineup after an injury, um, but put on the first line. Uh, was the surprising part to me. You know, he's been playing with Spellacy and Rogers and Solquist, these kind of bottom six guys, pretty much the bulk of the year, whenever he's been healthy, but they put him with uh Crannell and Okabe, which I thought was a bit, bit surprising um, based on Crannell and Okabi's kind of light weekends. They had not sure if that, that pairing, that trio is going to be kept together necessarily, but that Ingram uh, Miettinen pairing, uh, worked out like a charm. You know, we said Uh it's clicked before that uh, home Bemidji game way back in October. Um, you know, that Ingram highlight real goal and Miettinen as well was, was good that weekend. But since then, when they put that pairing together, it hasn't quite clicked. Well, this was probably the best showing of that four points for Mietnin, five for Ingram, uh, I mean, obviously, career high for for Ingram in his, his freshman year for that. Great to see him and C H C rookie of the week. Yeah, and not no surprise there. Yeah. Nice to see that. Um, and and I think I want to
1: say that I saw a stat that that was the first freshman five point
0: weekend since like ninety two for the Huskies. So really, yeah, yeah. I mean, five points for anybody senior or freshman anywhere in between is, is a rarity. So I, I'll believe that, um, it was just nice to see, uh, you know, chase Latcosy. you know, mentioned last week that, mm-hmm. um, he hadn't given up more than two goals since his second start of the year way back in October. Uh, he didn't last eh, a little bit more than half the game, I suppose, five to one. They pulled him, uh, play better on, on Saturday, but, uh, Nice to see that Saint Claude was able to pounce on, pounce on a guy that not many teams have been able to pounce on this year. Uh, so that was nice to see. And Caster on the other end, I thought was was good. Made some good saves. They were they were outshot that first period, um, even though coming out of it with a two nothing lead and a couple of uh, power plays uh, that uh, that Saint Claude had to kill as well. Uh, as I said, all for five. That was a safe for Um Obviously, been talking about that. And the other shoe dropped a bit on Saturday, uh, as 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 it, it was not a perfect weekend, but um, a, still a, a, an improvement uh, uh, for the penalty kill this this weekend. And obviously, three for five on the power play was was obviously huge as well. So, yeah, like I said, needing a win here, snapping a sk- six game unbeaten streak. It was, and clinching home ice with that one yep. on Friday. Um, and so after that game, I was thinking, okay, here we go. And especially with Denver beating Western Michigan, my, my great uh, prediction of Western winning the Penrose really turned out great this weekend as Denver was able to sweep that series and, and win it outright mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo. But thinking, okay, all right, well, maybe if Denver can, I, I go from wanting Western to win, you know, to sweep the series, to make me look smart to saying, all right, Denver, why don't you sweep them? So St. Cloud can take care you know, get in the driver's seat for second place. Uh, and it was a disappointing effort on Saturday. I, I expected more. I expected more of a killer instinct out of this team, but yeah, perhaps that's too much to ask uh, based on. Through actually the season, the losing guys, I mentioned the, you know, Purton Treble on Saturday. Also, uh, Cooper Wiley didn't learn this until I read the uh, McHatton's summary, but he didn't play on Saturday because of an injury that mm-hmm. he got on Friday as well. So, got three defensive members of the defensive core that were unable to play it, certain stretches or, in Wiley's case, the entirety of Saturday's game because of injury again just hope that that doesn't linger at least get them healthy for the playoffs here um you know we we've been frustrated with peered of late but you don't want to lose you don't want to lose him and add that to the injury toll for this back end of the, the blue line any more than you need to and so uh so yeah for as good of the good of a game as Friday was Saturday was a bit of a missed opportunity and like I said, a step back uh, into some of the bad habits that we've been seeing over the last month uh, in this dry spell. Um, it got off to a bad start, as you said. To rip t- c- calls a timeout. Larson does. Sure, that was a smart move. I did not expect a goalie change.
1: I um, yeah, I didn't either. And at the time, I didn't like it. It turned out to be the right move. Um, I do feel only
0: for the rest of the first period. It did, for the rest of the first. That, that spark didn't carry over in the second period, though.
1: No, no, but they were able to, you know, make it a two-to-one game uh, going into the second, and which is, at that point, kind of all you can ask for, um, with Kirkshank getting his 20th of the year. Um, and then we take a penalty uh, there. Ball takes a penalty early in, in the second. And then I just kind of had this feeling of, okay, here's going to be the pivotal point of the game. You have a power play that's, or a penalty kill that's struggling, but showed a lot of good promise there on Friday. And so I'm like, okay, if I, I I think if we're able to kill this off, I like the, I like the Huskies chances going forward. And then sure enough, not able to kill it off. And I think that I felt deflated. And I think that maybe also the team kind of felt that too. Um, because after that, then four on four goal shortly after that. And then it's like, okay, we're like, this is, this is how this game is going to go. Like we're,
0: yeah, I,
1: I just don't see a way that, uh, they were going to be able to claw back
0: from it. Well, and, yeah. And a, I thought special teams was huge in, in the second period because you had that power play goal from Gavin, uh, about five minutes into the second. And then Omaha gets in his penalty trouble themselves, a two-man advantage for about a minute for St. Cloud later in that period, and four to one at that point, and really needed to to pick one up there to have any shot. Uh, you didn't. St. Cloud did not score a yep. two-man advantage, and then Omaha comes right back down uh, with the fifth goal to go up five to one. They were able to pick one up there at the end of the period, the Huskies did, but... After that fifth goal for Omaha, you really thought that was kind of the, the nail in the coffin. The other thing too that I, I saw that was Berg, that fifth goal. Mm-hmm. He was having a decent year for them. But that those first four goals, Brock Bremer's second goal of the year, it was a goal, you know, he takes a face-off and snipes it on who I thought bit a little too soon. Yeah. Went down, went down too early. Jacob slippick like uh fifth goal, seventh point of the year. They do this. They they did this all weekend. They tried that little bank off the backboards waiting for a rebound and and he was there for it. It's the um, Ryan Lash special. Uh and then Gavin and Pavanka, I mean, they're having 15, 16 point seasons. I mean, Randall had a goal that he kind of got a cheapy on Friday in garbage time. Um, but yeah. And we yeah, got it, the wasn't, netter, it wasn't the uh, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. but the, yeah, their top, their top scores were, were relatively quiet this weekend. It's you were killed by kind of depth guys, which I would not have expected. Um, mm-hmm. I would have, if you're going to, if you're going to play a depth game, I think that you'd have the advantage on Omaha there, but give them credit that they were able to to get some goals from unexpected sources. Uh, and St. Claude just didn't have the, the answer uh, for any of those goals, uh, or for at least a, a, enough of them to stay in that game. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was as bad of a performance as you can get. I mean, injuries, he had a goalie pole in the middle of it. Um, you know, he had one, he had one power play goal, but it's kind of a, kind of a garbage time. Uh, and, or excuse me, that was the, I'm thinking that that second goal is the Crookshank, uh, nice tip. Uh, was the first goal for them on the power play, which was like a 10-second power play for them. It was right off the draw. You thought that, okay, we're again carrying over from Friday night with this power play, but after that, it went dead. And like I said, that two-minute advantage especially was not killer for them.
1: Yeah, you needed to capitalize on that. And not only that, but I thought they were just overall too passive. I just – it blows my mind that – I call it the Nick Blackburn effect, and I don't know if you guys remember Nick Blackburn, but he was a pitcher for the Twins. And anytime that he had a bad game, which was fairly often, he would always say afterwards that you know he just tried to overthrow his sinker. Like that was his because he was a sinker ball pitcher. He was a ground ball pitcher, and he's like, "Yep, I just overthrew my overthrew my 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 sinker and." kind of stayed up and yep, I got punished for it. Every time. Never, never fail. That was overthrew a sinker. How I describe the Nick Blackburn effect for hockey is that I I don't understand why five minute majors, extended five on threes, everyone just relaxes on the power play. Like it's you have to be, I would argue, even more tenacious and take more advantage. But I felt like just overall too much passing and not enough movement to generate any type of like good chances there on the power play on that five on three. And it was just, you know, I'm not one to sit here and just keep yelling shoot or anything along those lines. But you got to do something to create some lanes. And I thought they made that five on three way too easy to defend. So it's I think they just got Blackburn effect, but they were just too passive, and it ended up punishing them. Omaha got the momentum off of those big kills, and sure enough, uh, they potted five one, no chance for the Huskies to come back.
0: And that's kind of where that was kind of the point where I realized that Peart was missing because Trayball was getting all the power play time. Yeah, and it's like he was getting double shifted almost. I think it was that two minute advantage that he was out there for the entire two minute stretch. If you count the, um, the first half, which is just five on four and then the second minute of five on three. Um, even like after a whistle, he was still out there, but then it's like, Oh, well they probably don't have a ton of options that have really uh, practiced this in, in, uh, practice before. I mean, Wiley, again, he was the seventh tournament on Friday He's at least a guy in the past, juniors and stuff that, and and early in the season. Remember, in uh, Wisconsin, he had a power play goal that he has had some power play experience. But knowing that he was unavailable uh, for Saturday's game, Zemer played for him. Uh, Zemer is not a guy that's going to get power play uh, action. So at that point, Ball might have been your only point option. Yeah, I mean, other than Myers, so uh, that may have had an effect, like the the units were a little shortened due to the injury and then treble himself gets injured later in the game. Uh, so it was like, you try to solve one problem and you cause two more and always skating uphill has a thing. Like there was just, we were sitting behind the, uh, Omaha side or it would have been the, the, the end that St. Cloud scored twice. But that second period, which was the period that Omaha was skating towards us. It's as if they were in that zone. It's the same. It was very similar to last Saturday against North Dakota. It wasn't as bad as far as the possession time, but from the amount of quality chances, very, very few for the Huskies, even with that power play advantage time that they had. Uh-huh. And it just seemed like they were skating uphill all game. And Omaha just was was buzzing, and they were definitely the, the better team on Saturday. And frustrating to see, like I said, you win that game, you're in second place with a bit of a cushion. Um, but as it turns out, Omaha is now the driver's seat. And even with Western you're tied with them, Western has the uh, tiebreaker. If they end up tied, it's unlikely that St. Cloud is going to have a tiebreaker because Western has two more regulation wins on them. Don't see how they would. I don't see how they would tie in the standings and, and Western not win the uh, tiebreaker. So you're going to have to you're going to have to play really well here against Duluth. Maybe sweep them and still get some help the yeah. other teams in order to get second place. Now I do think that there is a big difference between playing CC versus playing either North Dakota or Duluth uh, second place. He, I, I would want, I would want to finish in second. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's going to have to come down to p- putting one full weekend together. It's another um, troubling thing of late is the Saturday performances in particular have been, have been bad noticeably worse, I think, than the the Friday games in this little tailspin of a month long or so. Um, You know, we saw like the last weekend in North Grand Forks, how you escaped with two points out of that is a miracle. Uh, The whole Miami series was a struggle. Duluth, obviously, as well. I mean, even that Denver game of the first game after Anhorn, without Anhorn, I should say, two to nothing versus a seven to two win the night before. Uh, going back to that CC series, you won that game on Saturday, but I think I mentioned at the time I was the worst, worst they'd played in a win all year. Uh-huh. And so it's like the second half, second games of series have been kind of rough to see, rough to watch. Uh, and going down to tournament time, hey, at least, uh, our, at least our buddy Bob was able to put that extra day in. Uh, in the regionals. So you don't have to play back to backs in the NCAAs, but you'll be uh, having to play back to backs if you want a chance to win some NCHC hardware. And so uh, I'd like to see a better effort on Saturdays in particular. Part of that's going to be based on some health. We just need to get these guys I mentioned uh, from the decor, get them back healthy. Uh, and obviously, we're not getting Anhorn back, but. Uh, if we can get the rest of the team healthy, uh, that's a, that's a bi- that'll be a big sign, yeah. a big help. But um, what, what do you see else? Anything else wrapping up this Omaha weekend? Yeah. And uh, I think,
1: I think yeah, the cracks in the defense with the health, I mean, that really, really reared its ugly face there on, on Saturday. Cause I thought, I thought that was probably Bushy's worst game in you know. A long time.
0: Reiners, probably Reiners' worst game. Reiners, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, for the correction. Yeah. So yeah, Bushy Bushy's been better for sure. Yeah,
1: and then uh, Trey Ball as well. I thought he had some uh, giveaways. He and obviously the penalties that he and took a couple before. Of Yeah. So it was. Yeah, just um, I, I just think this team just wasn't ready for the the ticked off Omaha team. And, uh, they were just caught a little bit flat footed and maybe took their feet off the gas a little bit, knowing that they did clinch up home ice. And obviously that's huge with their, our record compared to home ice, uh, you know, compared to the, um, uh, away from the concrete cathedral. So, um, do you have a
0: go Huskies woo player of the weekend? Yeah, I mean, Ingram was pretty silent on Saturday, kind of the whole team was. But I'm inclined to give it to him. Um, Cruikshank as well is another candidate. He scored in both games, power play goals in each game. Do you have three power play goals? Now everything,
1: you know, I want to come back to what I said last weekend is that Cronullo's been hot, Cruikshank's been cold.
0: Pendulum now
1: swung the other way. Very good observation. All I I do is good observations. That's why everyone listens. That's why we're on the internet.
0: I thought that (laughs) Okabe, I thought Okabe played fine on Saturday. I mean, we were a little closer to the action three rows up or whatever. So whenever you're that close, you can kind of get a sense for, especially like corner play and cycling down low. I thought that Okabe was pretty, I thought he was doing a pretty good job like working in the corners. Uh, He just, he just didn't get any points. Didn't did translate to any points this weekend, and, and uh, Cranola as well um, was was left off the score sheet. Okabe oh, did get an assist, I should say, uh, but uh, but for the, for the most part, that line was was pretty silent. Like I said, I'm wondering if if we'll see Chase Brand with them again. I would, I don't, I I would, don't think so. Would mind? See, I, I wonder where Molinar is. I don't know. I didn't hear any anything with him. He scored in the North Dakota series that power play goal, but uh, haven't seen him since, which is weird. Um, granted as you mentioned, uh, had a goal in the Friday game and I thought he was, he's been a, a decent spark guy, uh, in the three games that he's returned to the lineup, uh, kind of replacing Rosborough had a, he had a bad game that Friday game in Grand Forks. And I'm wondering if he's getting the coin treatment, you know, like these freshmen you get, you have one couple of like one bad game. You know, there was a couple of times in that, that Friday North Dakota game where Rosborough was just saying at the tv like he's just, like standing there just wasn't really doing anything and maybe larson saw that too and uh he hasn't seen the ice since then too which you know i i kind of like rosborough so uh yeah and a coin too he didn't play for a couple of months after that um major he took against uh western michigan mm-hmm. back in november so i don't know uh I, I, I feel like Molinar is not in that sort of camp. I, I I haven't heard any injury things with him, but I'm I'm concerned if we have or not, if that if that is the case or not. But, yeah, I don't know if, if Brand necessarily is the uh, answer to play with Cranola and Okabi, although, again, I'm we've going seen the Vietnin, to, I'm going, and I'm going in an Ingram. I like I like that pairing. And, I really like that pairing. I don't want that split up. So I don't want Vietnum necessarily back with those guys either. Although I
1: thought, I, thought, I mean – I guess I can't go a podcast without Dragon sulquist, but I thought he was fairly invisible all weekend. Um so
0: I, I enjoyed the weekend with a rare sulquist defender. So I mm. had, we, we kind of butted heads a little bit. Oh, is Sultquist. that right? Um I, uh, cordially. there's one um, out there. <laughs> That's what I'm surprised at. He likes that he likes those face offs, man. <sighs> it's it's and it's the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. So, I mean, it does. Um, There's literally a stat for it. No, I, yeah, this we're doing audio only still, so you can't see my eyes, uh, <laughs> glued to the roof of my mouth or roof of my head at this point. But that'd be uh, really
1: impressive, Beetlejuice stuff there if it was glued, glued to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> um, great. no, I'm here. Here's here's my hot take. Here's my hot. I'm gonna guess that Ashan's gonna be with Kronil and Okabe against um why not i think that's These gonna
0: be last like i said the last three games that he's played he stood out more than brand has mm-hmm. uh, in, in the one game even though brand did score the the, the second goal on saturday but um you, you might be onto something you're either onto something or you're on something right, there you like, go we'll, common we sh- we shall see so so uh who oh, so who's your pal who's but uh, yeah, to think i get him I'm going to go with Ingram, even though, like I yep. said, Crookshank was a close second, but a five point weekend, as you said, a historic historic uh, yeah. weekend uh, from a freshman in particular, if we could just get this more consistently, like it said, uh-huh. didn't see that on Saturday. didn't see much from him on Saturday, but um, if you may have spread this out, we don't need the five and zero. Can you just do two points a game? Like kind of spread them <laughs> out a little evenly. Uh but yeah, I, I see I see the potential there. We saw we saw it really manifest itself on Friday. Uh and yeah, especially excited for next season because I think that's really when I think we're going to see him at his uh you know close closer to his best at the college level. So, um yeah, so I'm going to go with Ingram. what what uh, what about you and or uh Go Huskies Woo. Um I'll start with uh
1: Go Huskies Woo. Well, I'll I'll start with mine, uh basically because yes, mine is Ingram. So let's just okay. get that out of the way. Yes. Um, um I, I, I'm starting to see him being a lot more comfortable and um I do hope that he's just gonna kinda continue to grow. And hopefully, especially his sophomore and junior year, he's really gonna blossom into like a a premier scorer. Um so that's kinda what I'm what I'm looking for. Uh for Gohusky woo! he actually he actually went with Rogers. Um uh, just with his tenacity and his strength on the puck. Um very excited to see him take the next step. Um, like I said, his power move and you know, kind of tenacity on the goal that he set up for Grant Deshaun, that was um kind of fending off a defender is was very nice to see. Um <laughs> Go Huskies wood then. I'm going to call him out a little bit. He said uh, that he thinks Rogers is going to be a 40-point guy.
0: That was <laughs> me trying to whistle. So um, 40 points in a season or yes. a, a, a four-year yes. career? Four, okay. A 40-point right. guy in the season. Putting that one in the notebook. Yeah. We are sticking it to we're, we're sticking I, I pushed back pretty hard
1: on that because um, – Basically that's tough. Um I actually went through last ten years. Do you know how
0: many yeah. uh, uh Newell? Yeah. Newell had a forty point year. Did he have a fifty point year in nineteen? He might have. Uh Jackson? Uh Jackson did it twice. Is that it or is there more? Oh, there's actually a little bit more. But you're on the so the NCHC era.
1: And see, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I did the last hit. Dowd, yep, Dowd.
0: Um, Bennick, Bennick, yep. Um, you're right. Paling. I don't think Paling did nope. either or any of them. Um, maybe combined. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm missing an obvious one. You're missing a couple. And Cr- Cranella didn't. Ha- he hasn't gotten a forty yet, has he? Nope. Um, And Fitzgerald uh, didn't last year. He got like 36. You got
1: thirty six. Yes, thirty-six and then the year before he got thirty nine. Oh, what about so. Johnny Brodzinski?
0: Yes, Brodzinski did. And th- you get, it's got. Is there any more? For it's got to be. If there are more, it's going to be from that earlier era.
1: Um, there's the, one the that league.
0: you're. I mean, yeah, yeah, earlier era. One of them.
1: The the, the big one that he that Goleski's will I think kind of compared him to
0: right away was Patrick Russell. Who well, Russell did have a forty point season. Did he? Yeah. I say I would I wouldn't have gotten him if he gave me a ten more. No, guesses. if
1: you yeah. I didn't think
0: that he had a season like that. I he was good, but I didn't think yeah. he was forty point good. Yep. Yep. So so that's what kinda
1: he he is comparing Rogers game to Patrick
0: Russell type. So I think he used so- to add a little bit of weight and add a little bit more height. Um <laughs> And a little bit more skill, probably. I like Rogers. I don't want to dogging him too much, but uh, well, and that, yeah, and I'm with you. It's a little bit of a stretch. And, and that's why I said, so we eventually did say 30 point.
1: Um, So I was like, okay, that is, you know, a little bit more feasible when it comes to that.
0: What's he at this year? I mean, he's at 10 this year. Rogers um, doing I'm doing that on the fly here. Seven. He's got seven points. Um, in in twenty five games, games as well, so he yeah. didn't pay. He hasn't paid the full thirty two. So, because I'm gonna say maybe if I was gonna go, maybe forty points for the Husky career. Um, but well, he's not, well on he's, his way for that. Uh, he needs to pick it up. I think he's a little under pace for that. Well, so twenty five games. I uh, think if you can get to ten points this year, which we got, you know. Anywhere from three to nine games left. We we'll see. We'll so, see. Uh, this so, is a this is a good. Yep. I like. Hey, I like hot takes. I'm the guy that said that Western Michigan's going to win the Penrose. There you uh, go. And see. I said last year that Renek was going to score a goal. Um, so I <laughs> like some hot predictions. I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and maybe he did if he didn't get pneumonia. Who knows? <laughs> That's right. He was so going for it was, in the regional the year before.
1: Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. So. Um, okay. So who did we say? We said Russell, um, Jackson, Newell, Benick, Benick. Brzezinski, Dowd.
0: Right? Is there
1: another one? Yeah, there's a couple and more. There are. There's, there's one that did it twice.
0: And one of my favorite Huskies ever. And again, they did this in the NCHC. Correct. Twice. Well, not LeBlanc. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he never played in the NCAA. And he, well, any I did these guys.
1: I, I, I did the, the, so the 12, 13 season
0: starting from there and on. So it was obviously someone from that team. So yes, LeBlanc, LeBlanc did.
1: Uh Bob Hobie Baker year he had more than 40.
0: So, and so anyone is anyone else on this list other than blah Yep, we're missing two people on that 12 13 team. Oh, the 12 13 team no. I feel like it's that 15 16 team that I'm missing like an obvious candidate. Like Proud didn't get 40, did he? Nope. Um I know this is thrilling radio. Yep, exactly. Uh I don't know. Give a, I, I don't want to just uh Take up dead air here. Kolsla missing. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> my who is one of my favorite huskies ever. Um and Blake Lazat. I, I don't think I would have gotten Lazat. I didn't think he had a forty point year. Oh really? I I have no excuse for not getting that. That one's all on me. That one's all. On he might he might have had a fifteen point fifty point year in one of those years actually. Yeah, I uh, Kost- was uh, fifteen sixteen. He had uh, fifty four points. Yeah, it's just unacceptable for me to miss that. Sorry, yeah, Callie. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, yes, yeah, screwed it up. But like looking through it, I was a little bit surprised. Like, like I was a little bit surprised. Uh, AC Mont he never had a forty point year. Um, and then also maybe a little bit of a less surprise was Henches. but maybe like it's a surprise in a fact that. He was an incredibly good player and goal scorer, but he was injured so often that he just didn't get a chance to play enough games to get 40 in a season. So,
0: but yeah, all all these guys we mentioned here, for the most part, I mean, a lot of them NHL guys, uh, Hobie Baker, winners slash candidates, finalists. Um, not sure if Jack Rogers is 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 headed (laughs) for that trajectory. For but hey, trick. Know, I don't know what Patrick Newell's doing. Maybe he fits into that mold. I would say he's closer to Patrick Newell than Patrick Russell, just uh, size, like build wise. Um, but he's got to get a little more dangle if he wants to be. He wants to get more dangle if he wants to be Newell. More heft if he wants to be Russell. Let's put it that way. Let's mm-hmm. just keep. Let's. He, we want Jack Rogers to be the best Rogers he can be. There you go. And if that is 20 points, if that's 40, if that's 80, I mean, why, why should we be holding them back here? Right. Exactly. Staying a 40 that's, point season. That that could be, he gets 40 points at Christmas time. What's he supposed to do? <laughs> okay. Got a Huskies Boo. Yeah. Does are not. Uh, d- dealer, like dust his hands off and leaves a table. No, you gotta, <laughs> gotta keep, uh, keep, you gotta keep plugging it. away.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. So. Uh, let's uh might as well switch gears right uh talk about uh the series finale uh against uh, minnesota duluth at the concrete cathedral we get them home after they swept us just a few weeks ago um i don't exactly know what to expect out of this team um and it's I expect them to be a little bit ticked off after, uh, you know, the weekend beforehand, uh, but, you know, yeah, you never really, you know, we haven't, we haven't had uh, the best of luck against Minnesota Duluth in uh, as of late. So.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you can record, rewind the uh, podcast a couple of episodes ago when we previewed Duluth The first time around, I mean, not a whole lot's changed. Still got Ben Steves there leading the team with 25 points. It's got a great goal-assist split. 19 goals, 6 assists. Cy Young numbers. (laughs) yeah. Uh, And uh, James and Olsen at 20. No one else with 20. So... And their goaltending too has been kind of struggling or average, middling all year. Tyson nine eight nine zero five save percentage. Stay Skull eight ninety five. Um, and as you mentioned, coming off a split at home against Miami, a game that Saturday game where they lost four to one to the Red Hawks uh, put up fifty one shots on Pearson, uh, including twenty in the third period alone uh but could not solve him and Miami escapes with a uh, with a victory there um which you know like I like said St. Cloud had clinched home ice so their their home ice dream had ended and it was a, a fairly remote possibility anyway on Friday but just as if you know as St. Cloud and Omaha and Western are still grappling for second place a lot of positioning up in the air uh, in the mm-hmm. bottom half of the standings as well to determine these first round pairings. Seems like no one really wants to take control of fifth place. You know, Which North Dakota goes out to CC? Yeah, with I was gonna, a defensive struggle, three goals. We should score all, two goals in regulation. Score all weekend. We should, between the two teams. We should quickly go
1: back and you know kind of preview uh, this weekend as a whole, um, just yeah. because there's so many.
0: Kind of um, weaving it all together. Yeah,
1: the there, there, there's so many implications when it comes to pairings because obviously one is set, eight is set, everything else. Everything else up is in up air. in the air. Um, uh, Minnesota Duluth travels, obviously, to St. Cloud uh, to play. Uh, Western Michigan travels over to Miami um, to uh, for two games down in Oxford. And then it is North Dakota traveling – Trev- I guess I didn't double- – it's, it. it's at North Dakota. It's at North Dakota. So, so Omaha going up to North Dakota to play. Um, so that's – obviously, those are the key matchups that the Hussies are going to watch because, like Andrew, like you said, there's a big difference between CC versus uh, Minnesota, Duluth, and North Dakota.
0: That's so. right. And I, I'm not sure, like, which is preferable. Like, they, they all have – Reasons that you'd love to play them. I don't think they're any any of those three, CC, Duluth, or North Dakota. Are they're not great teams. Neither one of them. I don't think either one of them is necessarily a bad team either. Like CC's the worst of them or the least talented, they, but they might have the best goalie. They yes, I would say they, they definitely do. have the best. They goalie definitely have the best goalie yep. of those three. Um, they probably have the worst offense of the three as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a hunch we're going to see Duluth again, just because they're pesky and we always seem to face them in playoffs uh, in, in recent years. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you if you really want to play North Dakota, I think it's better to play them at home than it is up there yeah. on this team. Um, but um, by by sweeping North Dakota or by sweeping Duluth, that enables uh North Dakota to to jump them with just a split, which I would I guess I would be shocked. I, maybe not shocked, but I would be surprised if Omaha swept North Dakota in North Dakota, got all six points. Um I'd be of the of the series we just talked about, like the CC Denver, Western Miami, I I expect the the higher seeds to take care of business. Whereas that one, I would be I'm kind of expecting a split. And the St. Cloud Duluth one is probably the, the toughest one to predict because I don't know what St. Cloud team's gonna show up. Yeah. It seems like Duluth always kind of brings their best game for the Huskies. And and so I, I don't know how to how to handicap this. Uh, but I'm more I'm more just curious to see more beyond the the results, just how this team shows up for the injury front just to see how these players if if we see Pierre Trayball and wiley for that matter if we see them on the lineup uh i'm curious to see what's happening with the goaltenders again like we're coming to the head here of the season like are we just going to do this like one game in one game out see who we see which card we want to play that that day or are we going to take one and run with it i don't know I, i i honestly don't know uh who do you that start, might not start? Probably Caster. Okay, I mean, I, I I didn't like those two goals that Bassett gave up on Saturday, but if you're saying like, I think pretty much through the entire season, I've had a slight preference for Bassie, but I don't know Caster, and I would never if you, <laughs> if I would have somehow it's been a heard weird season, this, <laughs> if I would have heard this podcast in the future last year, like after the Quinnipiac game, after Quinnipiac, been, I'm like, yeah. you are nuts that I would have wanted. Caster in a playoff position or a playoff series, but I don't know. Maybe that's why you just do it one more time this, this weekend where you give them each one start and see which one of these goalies is, is if we currently play better, like if we play Minnesota Duluth, if we play Minnesota
1: Duluth there in the final or in the, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, you give it to Caster for a redemption arc. Here you go after, after uh, losing to them in the playoffs last year, here's your redemption. That That's that's my
0: prediction. Or Caster starts on Friday, is kind of average, and Bassey throws a shutout on Saturday. Uh, then that's... what do you do? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe i Maybe take maybe the wins don't. and be happy. <laughs> maybe he throws the shutout against Duluth, but then you draw North Dakota in the playoffs. Mm. Then what do you do? Mm. So it's like... Uh, you've had the luxury of not having to make a gun to your head decision. And I guess playoffs is no gun to your head decision, I suppose. Um, but I just feel yeah, like you, there, there's you really not won. until the
1: first round of the play, the, the NCAA tournament. So really it's not, the yeah, rest I mean, of it doesn't mean too much. If you want to go
0: that route. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested there. I'm interested to see how they, how they play back to back how they play on Saturday uh, versus Friday. If it's going to be a similar script to recent weeks where it's noticeably worse on Saturday, um, there's going to be, it's just, again, I, we're, we're going to be in the tournament, the NCAAs. So uh, I'm using these, this, especially this last weekend of the regular season to see exactly what team we're we're going to put on the ice in one of the regionals. Whatever regional that is. Uh this team is capable of it. We've seen it this year, but this current collection, Sans Anhorn, who knows if there's any of these other injuries are gonna play a factor. Uh-huh. And just their current momentum. You, I just don't think you can play it like Duluth in eighteen and limp into the uh, NCAA's and then next you know, snap your fingers and and snatch the rabbit, the rabbit's foot. I, I, I just don't see that happening with this team. So if they're going to, if they're going to make a run, uh, in, in the national tournament, you gotta, you gotta start now. It's well, a wise man once said, you know, Mike Tice said, it's, you know, it's a street fight. If you want to play, you want to get ready for a street fight, you better get ready right now. So you use <laughs> that. Did uh, Mike
1: Tice say that. <laughs>
0: That was in reference to playing the Bears in particular. Oh, you play when the Vikings and the Bears get together. It's a street fight. It's street. It's it, they a street are, fight. you they are. who oh. we thought they were. <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah, you off. You saying hook. like Denny. You said last week Denny Green is a national treasure. Mike Tice had some underrated gems uh, in his brief tenure as uh, as Vikings coach. He had some. He had some My mom bars. was
1: always worried about Mike Tyson's jaw. Because of like how much he just chomped on his pencil or his chewing gum, it was like a, uh, it, I don't know, it was it was something to behold. Like it, it was. was. <laughs> so, um, the the uh, the founder of the Randy Ratio, as they called it. So right. Um, <laughs> we've got so many Gen Zers listening to this. <laughs> like, what are these old people talking <laughs> about? What is a Mike Tice? Um. Yeah, back to back to Duluth. Just kind of looking at, you know, the big key to the game, and it was the big key, I think, also when we played up there, um, is that our penalty kill needs to show up. It needs to show up, and it needs to perform like it did on Friday. Because, um, you know, when we played Minnesota-Duluth, they went, what, four for eight on the power play the Friday game and, like, two for three? yeah 2 for 3 you know i mean they were the turning points of the game um against miami combined in those two games they were 0 for 9 um and then against denver um the game that they won they were 2 f- or there were 3 for 4 in the game that they won that 6 to 5 game the game that they lost they were 0 for 5 i mean it's it's just so most simple for me to say here sitting on a podcast but it's like the, here's the recipe. It's like this is how you can't give Duluth chances because they'll capitalize on them. Um, and 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 with our black hole that is our well, black holes suck everything in. Our <laughs> suck everything Anti-black into black hole. <laughs> suck everything into the back of the net penalty kill that we've had lately. It's you know that's going to be the keys to this weekend is if we combination of staying out of the box or at least having our power play or penalty kill show up, then I think we're going to have a really good weekend because I think that's the recipe to beat, to beat this team uh, to beat Duluth because they don't have the scoring um, uh, and they don't really have the goaltending that they've had in the past. So we just, uh, just use the ice to our advantage, use our late change, get our matchups going We're great at home for a reason. And I just, that needs to continue. We need to get, we need to get some positive traction. We're spinning our wheels right now. We need some positive traction to kind of finally get us moving forward to have some sort of heartbeat going in because I don't want to limp in, like you said, um, limp into the
0: uh,
1: uh, NCAA tournament.
0: So, so who do you want in the first round? CC, North Dakota,
1: Deliver. That's, i mean that's the million dollar question um the thing with cc is that that a that's the longest shot um and um i do think imberco could steal a game now we didn't really have any trouble we chased imberco um in one of the games um uh and, and it's but I think he can definitely step up and steal one. He's stolen a couple of games throughout the year for for CC. Um, with Minnesota Duluth at home, I will let you know if I want to play them again after this series. <laughs> I mean, if we're able to kind of yeah. take them to task, then yeah, I wouldn't have any issues obviously playing them again. North Dakota is a tricky one. Um, DeRitter has been playing a little bit better here in the second half of the season. Um, but I think... Also, it's, you know, if we have that late change and we're able to put, like, Meyer out against Blake and shut him down, I think we're going to be fine against North Dakota. So that's going to be kind of the key there. So I would probably say in order, if you say right now, I would rather play CC Duluth, than North Dakota. But if our power penalty kill doesn't show up, then I would switch North Dakota and Minnesota to Duluth. I'm not scared of North Dakota at all. I'll just flat out say it. I don't care about history. I don't care about playoffs. I don't care about whatever business suits they want to con- conjure up or
0: whatnot. No, I'm I'm just not scared of them. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I think I think I agree. I I just I think of the three, Duluth might have. The worst team on paper because they don't have as good a goalie as Emberico uh-huh. and their offense compared to CC's isn't that much better. Yeah. I mean, whereas North Dakota clearly has the, like they have Blake and Gaber and neither Duluth or CC has two of those players of that caliber. You could give Duluth Steves and you can have CC with McCown, but they don't have two big threats that North Dakota has. Plus, North Dakota, you know, has that really good power play. It's probably knocked down a little bit because that weekend in CC where no one was scoring goals. But I feel like they have the most offensive weapons. But I, at the same time, like I, I don't think those results at the Herb were a fluke in December when St. Cloud played them, and so. But again, how St. Cloud's been playing of late. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't put it past any of these three teams that's to know, come into the Herb and, and, sweep, and sweep them. But sure, or at least win the series. So, so I, that's again. Yeah, I think I would agree with your ordering: CC, Duluth, North Dakota. Plus, I just, I, I just think that North Dakota is going to play Omaha in the playoffs and are going to beat them in the playoffs. <laughs> so, I feel God. like that's going to happen. That is uh, going to
1: happen, isn't it? And so, so, so- I think, yeah. So, so that's the order of who you would like to play. But I, who I think do you? Think I think Duluth.
0: Then? I think Duluth is you're going to play Duluth again. Okay, and I think CC CC's, CC's going to play uh, Western. Western. So, so um, you do think Omaha and North Dakota are going to play? Yes, West. I think so. I think that'll be a split series. Western will sweep Miami, and I think Saint Cloud and Duluth gotcha. will split. So you're so going to have I'll say, two
1: series that are revenge series that they would
0: play right back, back, back to, to backs. back that, that's for back, back cool. to back to back uh, possibly yeah. to back <sighs> could Ooh. be a three-game series so it's just mind blown so
1: perfect um yeah so um uh, overall i guess uh this is your first time at the backs um yep yeah and i guess i i forgot to ask um how was how was omaha how was how was the atmosphere feels like it looks like you had decent crowds both nights did you flick off
0: the zoo for me what uh did not forgot uh, forgot about that uh sorry about that i don't even know where the zoo is in comparison to where i was staying um but yeah the previous times i'd been in omaha was downtown when they were still playing at the century lake center which has now been renamed something else but um the midwest wireless center it's, I think it's a healthcare <laughs> provider, like a hospital or something, but uh, yeah, this is in more of the central area of town right on their campus or very close by it, if not on it directly. Uh, so it was a different area of Omaha that I hadn't seen before, uh, which was nice. Um, I wanted to, I had a thing like, and there was several there too. Have you ever heard of the Runza? It's like a, ch- a fast food chain. That is, like, big in Nebraska. No. I wanted to go there, and there was, I, I wanted their airport to have one there because the, I would have had to take a separate trip to go to this place. It's basically like a glorified hot pocket. It's like oh. a stuffed okay. dough with, like, beef and... Like a filly? Different like, different, like, fillings. Not... No, it's... Think a hot pocket, not like a wrap, but... Okay. It's like a filled pocket of dough That's, with... Beef and other fillings. So you can get different, different like flavors. I've never been there, but it's like it's really only Nebraska, and I think maybe Colorado has them. Okay, and I made a point to to go, and uh, the people I was with, I floated that idea to them, including the hot pocket. Comparison and surprisingly, they did not find that all that appetizing. (laughs) So, wow, shocker! (laughs) uh, So I was unable to scratch the Runza off my uh, bucket list, my Nebraska bucket list. But, um, but it was lovely, Um, chilly on that Friday, but Saturday and Sunday were quite nice. And Baxter itself, I I I liked. Yeah, that uh, Saturday game. It looks like Amsoil to me. Um, would you say it was? It wasn't as open on the concourses. I mean, you you could see from the concourse into the action, but not as much as you can from okay. Amsoil. I feel um that was one kind of downside. I, I so I said, uh, I said that my friends had had tickets. They bought tickets well before I did, so they sat on the bench st cloud bench on um friday night so i was kind of by myself and i i was uh in the upper the upper deck pretty much like right on a blue line and i actually really like the seat um the the sight line from there was great um and so i like i like that seat my buddy again, he likes like being right behind the net and I hate it. It's like a terrible angle. I've said it a thousand times. (laughs) Like I can't see anything on the other side of the rink, but he likes to be close. So Mm -hmm. whatever, I would have picked any other seat other than that. But, uh, but again, it's nice to see the, when you're that close, you can appreciate the speed of the game. Yeah. Yeah. On on Saturday, they, they announced the sellout crowd on Saturday. There was more empty seats than I would have imagined for an announced sellout. But, well, they, they sold the seed, I guess that's all that counts. Yeah, that's all that matters, but, really. But yeah, and uh yeah, their fans get into it and um if, yeah, so good atmosphere and they got the fish. They got, um, got a and the mini Zamboni? The mini so. Zamboni. Still don't understand that. Um they got like the Well same- if you want to go
1: back to the game this weekend and hear a a four minute explanation with no payoff at the end. That's okay. It's oh, like it's like to do that. It's like Omaha's version of the aristocrats joke is just <laughs> the story of the fish. It just goes on and on and no payoff.
0: Uh, it's so. good. Um, so, yeah, if, I... if,
1: if you Gen Zers don't know about the aristocrats joke, that's okay. <laughs> you can Google it, but not on a home com-
0: not on a work
1: computer. I'll say that.
0: I've always so. uh, preferred the hats. Ah. Um, yes. But uh, let's date ourselves other, even more. <laughs> that's a whole other argument to be that's had. Like, but yes. Even elder give, millennials
1: are like, ooh, that's a stretch. Uh
0: I give uh <laughs> I give the Baxter uh okay. a thumbs up. Um uh four runs out of five? Four out of five runses, mm-hmm. Um and it's certainly better than. I mean, CenturyLink was like an eighteen thousand seat, yeah. big arena. This is eight thousand ish. I think they said the attendance at sellout was seven thousand and eight hundred or whatever it was. So good size for them because I think that and and they've been able to draw that been capacity. Able to draw, yeah, that's this the... year. I mean, you've used, you've kind of kept us up to date on our Omaha <laughs> attendance. So I, and maybe the theory there is that none of them like to hear the announcers either. So they want to be in the building. Maybe this announcer is really doing the trick. Maybe that's what you need to do when how you when you hire an announcer, make it bad enough that people actually want to be there in person Mm -hmm. rather than listening. So Uh, we can uh, have
1: radio, um, Omaha uh, play by play, the (laughs) color from UMD, Uh, the (laughs) the overtime rules knowledge of SCSU, and Jim Rich. (laughs) Like we can, can, can,
0: can concoct like the worst of the worst of the NCHC right here. Yeah, I'm trying so, to think if there's a sideline reporter that uh that sticks out from the fray. Oh nothing's coming the delicious aren't very good. But so, we don't we don't want to pick on them too much. No, no. But uh somebody um geez,
1: I'm trying to think of who it was. Um and I'm sorry if I for, I forgot who it was, Jude. But um They were talking. uh, It was the uh, CC coach um, was just spitting out all of your standard cliches, uh, right, one after another, about getting pucks to the net and
0: circle. You know, you gotta play the game hard. Did he use the word "compete" as a noun? Yes, I think he did. That's that's (laughs) one of my real. (laughs) bugbears <laughs> like when did that become a noun it's i only hockey coaches i am i really like our compete tonight our complete level it's not a noun Our compete level yep um i i am
1: starting to think that coaches don't do anything during intermission i'm starting to think that that's why they always just repeat the same lines it's because they don't really say anything everyone just takes a rest they get their skates resharpened uh okay boys let's get out there Let's, yeah, let's, let's take a SIG,
0: sig break, a Sig and, break, and
1: maybe do a put a dip in quick, and you're back out on the ice. A right? couple
0: of rounds of Tetris, <laughs> and we're good.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, flip on over. So, where do you want to go? Um, anything else catch your eye about this weekend uh, or this past results, or do you just
0: want to hop right into Pairwise? Well, we we should uh, kind of just touch on. You know, as you said, Denver winning the Penrose, and because I was at the backs and unable to find a Runza to to visit, I was unable to really watch a ton of the action. We we did stream a little bit of the pregame and then postgame on Saturday, but on okay. Friday I didn't see I, much of the much I, of the action. I just googled Runza, and <laughs> they ship,
1: so they could ship a box of and Runza sandwiches to your doorstep if you would like.
0: Again, if I'm really hankering for that, there are these things called Hot Pockets, <laughs> which yeast. are at my uh, <laughs> local <corner> grocery, grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> so it is possible, but mm-hmm. that's good to know. I, I might, uh, maybe I'll uh, take that up on it. A but, yeast. Or maybe I'll just wait till the next time I get down. To, A uh,
1: yeast dough bread pocket with filling consisting of beef, cabbage, or sauerkraut, onions, and seasonings. Not going to lie. And it, it does not look appetizing
0: from these pictures. I looked at their menu and yeah, that I don't think I would get, but they had like a Southwest style one. That, you know, you can, it's like the hot pockets. They have different flavors. You see, yeah, there you go. And there were some other ones that sort of sounded <laughs> appealing. It was more the fact that I want to be able to say in my life. Yes. Uh, that the Runza was quite good. Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't have a, a honest way to you say that you can't see it yet. It. Next next so maybe time again maybe the okay. next time. All right. But yeah, so I did not see that uh, Friday game with Denver and Western, which I hear was uh, was quite the controversy filled oh. affair. You uh, have you have a, yes. you have a take ready. on well, uh, the pollen, pollen, pollen. Uh, you don't know how
1: to pronounce it, yeah, but, even starman kind of went off on the referees a little bit, um
0: really with that game, yeah, he was he was he's not gonna game. get any uh free drinks from those guys at the frozen mm-hmm. face off post game this year no is that
1: is that a common occurrence for him uh i don't I don't know if I've ever seen him out and about after the frozen face off.
0: Yeah, because he's holed up in a special like a they, they close down a bar themselves. Ah uh, very gotcha. hoity toity exclusives. Mm. All the press and the refs and everyone has their <laughs> big kumbaya at the end of the year there. So there you go. he's really pushing his limits yeah. with that. But nothing nothing more bummed than not being able to drink with Don Adam after a game. It's even worse that Todd Anderson retired too. So <laughs> you don't get any, any TA, yeah. but, uh, well, so I mean, let I was... me get, let me get this straight. Cause I've, I've only kind of going off the second hand. I, I did see the clip a little bit, but it, it was kind of a drive by. So, but you're telling me that they're doing video reviews without any video. It, it's essentially that's how I got it.
1: <laughs> um, so, Basically, uh Poland was coming in on a four-check, and two Denver players were about to collide with each other, Uh, and then one Denver tried, jumped out of the way, but he jumped out of the way into Poland's shoulder, and his head hit Poland's shoulder. Poland, like, did nothing. He was just kind of skating. It was kind of like when they tried to pin the five-minute major on Zimmer when they reviewed for standing his ground on, on Saturday. Was, oh, yeah, that's right. It was just kind of a weird, just like, he was just standing there, and you ran into him. Anyway, but so I what I think happened is that they originally called a penalty. Then they were going to review it for a five-minute, Tried to review it, but saw that the uh, video review wasn't working. So then they had a kumbaya there um, and at center ice didn't, and talked to all the refs. And I guess just kind of, what did you see? What did you see? Yes, hit his Boom. Gave them a five-minute major then for contact to the head. Now, this comes a little bit after... <laughs> Where Corona tried to make a little bit of a dive and try to get a contact of the head penalty drawn for his team, for Denver, when um, somebody kind of did, you know, just tried to skate by, tried to jump out of the way, it was like a little, little tap to the back of the head, and Corona went down just in a heap. And so I, I tweeted out, "Oh my God, they're going to give him a five for that." They only gave him a two. So. So that was fine but and it was like just one of those coin flip things. It was like and then they have this coin flip here for for Paulin's penalty and it just changed the whole dynamic of the game because it was 3 to 2. Um you know, you know Denver had the better of the play, but it was uh you know Denver was up only 3 to 2 and then this 5 minute major, you know, comes by in the third period and just Denver is able to pop in two power play goals, and that's that's the difference in the game right there. And it, so, so it just on, changes the whole complexity yeah. and the whole makeup of, of the game, which was supposed to be, you know, kind of the premier, you know, flagship marquee matchup of the season as we're winding down here to the end of the regular season on, you know, quote-unquote national, because it's on CBS Sports and who gets that channel. But, like, it's it's something really to showcase the league and the league just again shoots themselves in their foot trying to make the story about them and really the whole game was i thought just horribly officiated and i don't want to harp on the refs i know it's a tough job i and we i know we really can't get anyone better because there's nobody like coming up through the ranks but i think they're just i i think the refs are also kind of in a spot because they try to make everything too confusing and too perfect so they try to go too overboard with trying to make everything right. And then in the end, everything just goes belly up.
0: So from a scale of carnation pink to fire, fire engine red, what are the color of Pat Fershweiler's cheeks right (laughs) around that, uh, right around that huddle when they were cheek. Yeah. The video, video video doesn't work here. So we got to improvise here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He he was not happy. (laughs) Neither would I be happy. It was, it was, it was just a terrible call. Do you, I mean, it wasn't long ago. I I was a season ticket holder in the era where they didn't do video reviews at all.
1: Yeah. Strangely
0: enough, they were still calling five minute majors. Then I have the, the theory that I have is that they're kind of just waiting. They're timid. They don't want to make a call on the ice. So Uh they just, they're not, I don't think they're even being as cognizant as they could be in the moment because they realize we always have this backup plan of, we can look at the video and there's no real limitations to that. Like you can have the coaches challenge if you're just bound and determined not to look at it, but how many times a game, like you said, the Zimmer thing in, in the St. Cloud game, they, they did that by themselves. They weren't forced to do that. So, I mean, and there's no limit as far as how many of these official, you know, referee uh, started video review processes. So it's like, I I just wish if they didn't have that fallback, if they would just call the game a little bit more honestly in the moment, which, yeah, I know that they they missed some or they overcalled some in, in that era as well. Again, we're not talking about that long ago, like late 2000s. Uh, early 2010s. Um, but as like I don't think that they're... Not I don't that, think that long ago,
1: only 15 years ago.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, it might have been the beginning of the NCHC. I don't know. It, it feels like the, the video reviews to the extent that we're seeing them now are more... In the I, last yeah, five, I agree. Five I or agree. six years.
1: And especially because everything looks so much worse than slow motion. Like, Like you can just really dissect everything being... Right. Like so much over here is where you should hold up when really it's like two
0: frames of, of a reaction time, which is just not possible in a game like hockey and, and the contact of the head stuff too. Like what do you count? Do you count the a thread that's loose on the shoulder touching the edge of the cage and the face mask? Is that contact of the head? Cause I feel like they're, they take the, uh, the most liberal definition of head contact and call that I have said it before, get rid of all video reviews and especially get rid of the video reviews where you're not actually using video and, and upgrading (laughs) a call because of it. If the video doesn't work, then you just go with your original call. Um, I don't think you change your call, uh, on a video review if the video is not functioning properly. And, and so, you know, to be fair, I
1: might be wrong. Uh, but that's how I gathered everything happened.
0: So, you are our uh, our sole viewer of that game, so <laughs> we are going with it. We're, we're going uh, with it.
1: Nobody on Twitter would correct me, so Twitter is notoriously a very forgiving place.
0: So it's interesting too. So obviously, St. Cloud clinching home ice. They were the last of the three. We had we were unsure last week if Omaha I had had clinched already. They did. Uh, they did clinch it last weekend, home ice. That is so. So we know the four teams that are going to be hosting the first round of playoffs. And I just I thought it was interesting all this top half. So Denver only played Omaha and Western Michigan. They only played those two teams once each. St. Cloud also just played those two teams once each. So Omaha and Western played each other four times, and Denver and St. Cloud did. But everyone also all those teams that just played each other once are in that clump of teams, whereas in the bottom half of the league, all five, all four of those teams had to play the top half four times each. I wonder if that's been, the. I wonder how much of, I, I, this is just to say, I wonder how much of a advantage that is mm-hmm. looking back at the NCHC. The teams that are in the top half of the league had the easiest quote unquote schedules by only playing top half of the teams just once versus the bottom half having to play all those teams in two series. Just interesting how that that shook out this year um, certainly would have been an advantage uh, to only yeah. play Denver once or St. Cloud once, or even from St. Cloud's perspective, we came into this season thinking, man hey, we've got Omaha and Western once a piece. You know, you picked Omaha to be last. Yeah, I did. I had both of those teams in the second, I think, fifth and sixth. So we didn't think that was maybe much of an advantage, if any maybe even a slight disadvantage, but as it turned out, you only you, you played what's currently the second and third place team just once uh, for St. Claude's perspective. So sure. maybe it worked out well for them. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, funny that's coincidence. A, that's an interesting thesis. I like, it. I'd like to go back to see if that, if that's been the case. I, 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 expe- I, I expect
1: case. a report actually about that.
0: So, so please it's just, do it's, and have
1: that report uh, to me by Thursday.
0: It's just slightly not. I'm not boycotting the sport or anything, but I, I do like like the Big Ten has a completely balanced conference schedule. Everyone plays everybody else four times: two twice at home, twice on the road. You don't get Atlanta kind of hockey teams. So, yeah, like, they're not conference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, it all even. wait till bounced in the tournament in the first round. Well, maybe that's a maybe that's a good segue to talking about. Oh. Um, and we've got four leagues that are all done with regular season. Uh, Atlantic Hockey, Big Ten, as mentioned, CCHA, ECAC. We got our regular season champs: RIT in Atlantic Hockey, Minnesota in the Big Ten, who had clinched last week, actually. Um, Mankato having to pull one out uh, last minute. That was an exciting finish. To win the McNaughton, we again talked about if they're, I thought it was the Mason Cup. The Mason Cup is the postseason CCHA championship trophy. Michigan Tech must have brought the McNaughton over to the CCHA uh, Mm -hmm. because that that is the regular season trophy there. And Mankato won their sixth straight McNaughton uh over Michigan Tech. Uh and then Quinnipiac, they had wrapped up the ECAC uh a while ago as well. Uh I don't know if you had any thoughts. I, I think the Big Ten was interesting. Like
1: well well I just want to go let, let let's get, for our fans um <laughs> just quick rundown Saturday uh the Mankato Michigan tech game sure because um Mancaid or Michigan Tech wins on Friday. Um so any point I think would have done it for Michigan Tech. So they just had to get to overtime. Um
0: that's
1: and they, correct. And, the, and they, then
0: they would have had the tiebreaker had they lost in overtime. Yep. Even if they would have lost in overtime. So yes. So um
1: <laughs> uh Power, two power play goals by uh, Mankato puts them up 2-0 into the third period. Um, and then shortly after their second is a penalty shot for Michigan Tech. They score the penalty shot, um, you know, play the rest of the third period fairly even. Um, and then uh, Michigan Tech has got a penalty with about, you know, less than two minutes left to go in the game. And scored a shorthanded empty netter to tie the game with like a minute five left to go.
0: Empty netter. Don't you mean an uh, extra
1: attacker? Extra attacker. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Short handed extra attacker goal. Um to to tie the game, and they just needed to survive the last minute five. I thought St. Cloud State has some collapses late. <laughs> uh against like that Miami. prevent defense? Yeah. And, and against North Dakota, but this one kind of takes the cake because uh, Mankato ends up pulling out the power play just 20 seconds later and scoring a power play goal to end up winning the game, and thus the McNaughton Cup. Um, so that was uh, still really uh, <laughs> didn't help them too much in the pairwise over the weekend. Yes, yeah, surprised by that. Yeah, so they were one of my sinkers in the weekend went from 12 to, to 15 so really flirting with that cut line there um michigan tech stays at 11 so that split on the road you know was enough for michigan tech to stay there and you know a drop from minnesota state you now obviously we have to go and do a lot of different other games and scenarios to see what teams flipped and the comparisons and common opponents um that led to that you know kind of uh a drop for uh for for Mankato because it's uh that, that that's quite a drop from a from a split on a on a team that's you know in the mix so it's not like uh it was a split against a an Alaska Anchorage or something along those lines
0: yeah I, I would i would imagine it's just that Alaska Cornell and Notre Dame did slightly better than them this year rpi wise And and that's the only real explanation I have for them to drop. Um, Those three teams I just mentioned had good weekends, so that's probably the explanation. And um, there is very little separating those four teams that I just said. Like 0.005 RPI points basically is the separation between 15 and 12. So. There's a little bit more of a gap between twelve and eleven Michigan Tech. So yeah, one the difference of one win could move up. Uh, Mankato could jump them to any or you know, a loss to by by Cornell or Notre Dame or Alaska. Uh, they could still move up there. So but it was interesting to see the the drop there. And as you mentioned, uh the Friday win for Michigan Tech, that was another shutout for our guy. Pietula, uh number nine this year nine shutouts for for blake pietola and i still do think that that's that is the odds on uh favorite for uh, nine, for the nine, mike richter nine. there there we go uh, <laughs> it was a little, a late, little bit a little, little late, bit but... delayed. here we'll try it again
1: <laughs> there we go now i got it now we got it we're still getting used to our button bar yeah we're, we're so still getting used to our, our working, out, button working out some kinks bar so so this one this one this one's on me so <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so uh so let's uh yeah so touching on these other conferences Atlanta cocky, as i mentioned r.i.t should also mention Bentley and uh, Air Force uh, are our first two teams to hit the golf course this year because Atlantic Hockey just takes the top eight in their conference tournament, drops ninth, ninth and 10th. So see you on the links, Saratori, um, and whoever Bentley's coach is, uh, <laughs> because we will no longer see their team's Hit the ice this year. Your services are no longer required <sighs> when you, and especially when you fail to make the top eight in Atlantic hockey, you really earn the golf course. <laughs> you des- uh, you deserve it. Year. Actually, there is no, that's... there is no doubt about it. Um, so bon voyage to those two, those two Falcons. How about that? Wow, oh. uh, both Falcons. Bad know, time both. to be a Falcon. That's that's bad luck for Bowling Green. I think uh, because they're the only Falcons left. They're the only Falcon Falcons, uh, and so Godspeed. Uh, the Big Ten mentioned the Gophers. Uh, similar to the NCHD, were first place and last place are well, at least I guess. Last place was uh, was settled in the NCHC a while ago with uh Miami locking that down and similarly Wisconsin had that on lockdown as well. Minnesota had it clinched as well. Now Denver is clinched first place. So so those two were kind of foregone conclusions. But uh that two through six band um was all up for grabs. And I had said last week, you know, um talking about these playoff scenarios, first of all, so you had Michigan state didn't play they They already finished their regular season slate last weekend. Um, and they seem primed to, to slip in the standings because Penn state is hosting Wisconsin and Notre Dame was at Michigan. And you think that in Ohio state going to the Gophers would be a tough series for them. So everything was sort of in flux, uh, Penn State ends up losing that Saturday game to Wisconsin. It was just a killer for them. So, get this they're eighth in pairwise. Penn State is. And they finished as the sixth. They'll be the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament. Um, because of that loss to Wisconsin, they actually lose their tiebreaker. They tied, they end up tied in points with Michigan State, but Michigan State wins that tiebreaker uh, over Penn State. Uh, and then Notre Dame. I'm coming in here last weekend saying uh with Michigan on the line, this is our best hope for the Wisconsin rule update. We're having way too much fun with the sound bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our probably our final Wisconsin rule update yeah, of here because Sadly. I and I god, we were so close because I said I mean it's it's still a possibility, but it's v- very much a remote possibility because, but they were so close. Cause I said, if I, we, I wanted either two overtime losses to Michigan or an overtime loss and a tie to Michigan would have been, I think the best two results. Well, they went to overtime in both games, tied the first night. And then Michigan, who was dominating in shots and possession on Saturday, uh, they fall to Notre Dame in the overtime. And because of that, Notre Dame, not only do they f- finish the regular season one game over 500 at 15, 14 and five, but they actually, because of Penn state's loss, jump them and Michigan state in the standing. So they're going to be hosting their playoff series against Michigan state in the first round. When I say it's pretty much Dunzo for a Wisconsin rule uh, possibility this year is because the only way that they would be that they would finish the season under 500 is if they get swept lose two games to Michigan State this weekend. Well, Michigan State is below them in pairwise. Michigan State's 19th. Uh, two lo- two losses at home to Michigan State will take care of Notre Dame's at-large chances. They will fall out of the top 15 because of that. They're at 14 right now. But, and if they, even if they lose two out of three, they'd be 500, that's, but that's not, you're obviously, you're going to be 500, you're not going to be under 500, It so can't be Wisconsin out there. And if you win this series, then there's no way, you'd then you'd be going to a single elimination after that, so you wouldn't be able to get under 500 there. Michigan State also, they're at 500, but so if they lose this series, they'll be under 500. but like I said, they're at 19th right now, so they're not moving up with a lose two out of three situation here. So unfortunately, I think we have to say RIP mm. to the uh, Wisconsin rule. It was looking pretty good there. I mean it they was were, yeah. they were at 14th, I believe, and under 500 maybe a month ago. So I was looking somewhat promising, and we were so close to it because if they would have lost that Saturday overtime game, we'd be, we'd be, I think, in a pretty decent spot uh, because then they, if they would have been under one game under 500, they could have won this series two out of three and then lost a single game to the Gophers after that. I think that could have gotten you into the top 15 with it uh, as a game under 500. So we were so close, but so far away uh, as it seems The so, dream the dream will have to wait one year one more year just okay, let's, you know let's, let's get us once once <laughs> in my lifetime i want to see this rule be applied mm. um but
1: and, th- th- and then we could say i was young enough i'm old enough to remember why the wisconsin rule was put in place. i would
0: i was at the games that, I was at the games. that ha that that, had, that put Wisconsin under 500. I that covered game.
1: that game, actually, for the really? Milwaukee uh, Sentinel Journal Sentinel. They needed a stringer for that game. so Look was, at you. Yep, so that's my only published uh, in my print journalism career, and it was not a good article.
0: And was the Flat headline out, just terrible. Badgers finished the season under 500, yet headed to NCAA's <laughs> travesty. Uh, and you put it like Travis no, T, like not not even a little bit. Do you say? No, well, actually, actually, we need to pass a new rule: no
1: more under 500
0: teams.
1: You no, know, actually, it's very rare that the uh, person writing the article picks up the uh, puts the I know, name, but on it, so. but go
0: go with go with the bit. I kind of like the idea of you writing a super long headline that no editor. Just like like Leslie
1: Knope in Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) Just have the entire page. Yeah, right, exactly. Front page. Uh, Just because I hate myself, I decided to look at the uh, Air Force, as you were talking about the Falcons and already being eliminated. Uh, Their record um, since beating St. Cloud in the NCAA tournament. Oh no! It's fifty nine, eighty three, and seventeen for a forty one percent win percentage.
0: It's not so good.
1: Just uh,
0: yeah. You got any hot takes on these Big Ten matchups? Really, uh, Bob. you got uh, Michigan, Ohio, Michigan versus Wisconsin, Ohio <laughs> State against Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State. Not not really about the Big Ten
1: tournament in general. I am really excited for when the NCAA tournament rolls around when the Big Ten is gonna fall flat on their face. I am just not really thinking that, that really that conference is that good. And I know that they are littered all over the, the top of the pairwise and whatnot, and I get it. But especially after watching like the Minnesota Ohio State game, I am Ohio State easy is a first round bounce. Penn State's a first-round bounce. We all know Bob Motzko's history with um, uh, in the NCAA as the top overall seed. I actually took a look at the 2015-2016, the Ferris State, um, and the Gophers this year, just as a comparison. And the the St. Cloud State team had more goals per game. Had fewer goals given up, uh, and a better just overall record. But like it was, it was just a better team top to bottom. So like all of this, and maybe I'm getting ah, more of it because but they weren't
0: playing in the gauntlet that is the 22-23 Big Ten Hockey Conference. Mm,
1: yes, they were. They were just playing in the lonely NCHC. So <laughs> it's and. It, it, I just, I'm just, I'm just not impressed with, I'm not impressed with Penn State. I'm not impressed with Ohio State. I think Michigan. Well, is, Michigan. I'm not impressed with them
0: either. I'm. I think Michigan. I think Michigan and Minnesota are are legit. I'll, I, I'm with you with. I'm with you on Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah. But at the same time, Penn State will be playing in front of a home crowd in the in the regionals. Take that for what it's worth. Um, they get that sort of advantage that no one yeah. else does, and not uh, against
1: an Atlantic hockey team. So I'm just not, not convinced. I get an Atlantic Hockey team.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, this is true. Yeah.
1: So I mean, sitting at us in a two seed right now, St. Cloud at five. Um, you know, if we are ended up pairing up against an Ohio State or Penn State, who right now I guess Penn State's at eight, so they're sitting still in the second tier. Uh, but if they if they drop off and they they end up in a three, like I would be chomping at the bit to play either Penn State or Ohio State because I think that's a W right there.
0: Obviously, or, I I wouldn't mind playing Michigan either. I, I was saying that last year. I wanted St. Cloud. To, I was looking mm-hmm. forward if St. Cloud got past Quinnipiac that they'd be able to match up to to Michigan because I thought that'd be a decent matchup. Yeah, the uh, you know big reason that the Big Ten is overrated as it is in the pairwise is that the you know it's the strength of the schedule is just jacked up in the computer's mind. In cratch, I don't I don't have the RPI. Strength of schedule ratings, but I would assume they're pretty similar to Cratch the top seven toughest conf- or toughest schedules, hardest strength of schedule. Top seven is the seven Big Ten schools, It's including Wisconsin in there. So all seven the t- the Big Ten that's the toughest seven schedules in the in the Cratch computer's mind. Which again, I would assume that's pretty much what the RPI says as well. There's not a huge difference in the uh, in the math there. So. Wow. Yeah, you see these records, as you said, you know, 18, 13 and three for Ohio State. We've been legion talking about Notre Dame's five hundred ish record all year, twenty thirteen and one for Penn State, and that's with playing a charmin non conference schedule. Michigan State exactly at five hundred, so it's like, yeah, I, I, I do think Minnesota's legit, and I, I do, I, I think I like Michigan more than you do, but beyond that, I, I think it's.
1: Yeah. I, I think they're good. I mean, obviously, that 15 16 St. Cloud yeah. State team was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that, like, maybe I'm just getting a lot of hubris right now from Minnesota and Golden Gopher fans saying that this is the best team to ever put on skates. And it's like that, that coolie, Cooley rude knives line is just the best
0: thing that's ever happened to college hockey. And so you're telling me um, in Fargo. Watch out for RIT. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> RIT's already knocked off of one seed. I, I, in, the, in the Atlantic, we, we drifted over the Atlantic hockey discussion, only mentioning the two teams that didn't make the tournament. Um, and RIT, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, you got American International. We know what they can do. Yeah. Um, and I'm really surprised. Saying, <laughs> in that we conference, have,
1: we know what Holy he Cross can
0: do. I am. I have a fondness in my Sacred Heart <laughs> for the second best team called the Pioneers in college hockey, and Sacred Heart that has a, that kind of has a Holy Cross ring to it. It would be <laughs> in the state of North Dakota too. Well, um, so. We're again assuming that Minnesota is gonna get the one seed and assuming they're gonna to go to fargo yeah, I they know. are We put for pretty good money that that's gonna be the case, but even if they don't uh, do, yeah so. I mean in anyway. the uh in our vaunted uh um put the uh, matrix uh sounder on there c h n pairwise probability matrix <laughs> in that uh. Minnesota currently seventy eight percent chance to get the number one overall seed, so uh, a little leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. So yeah. uh, I think it would it would take a lot leader in the clubhouse with like a five stroke lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're at Van, they're like Vandevel leading the uh, yeah. the British Open at oh. this point. So as long as they just don't hit the uh, don't hit the driver uh, off the tee and and then hike up your your knickers to go in the in the pond, uh, I think they'll be. Good, good chance they'll be in Fargo there. Um, The only thing that might prevent that actually is if North Dakota like wins the NCHC and then I don't think they would, I mean, they, they wouldn't put North Dakota as a four seed to play the Gophers in Fargo. If, if the Gophers are the number one overall seed, you know what I mean? Like that might be their best hope is to have North Dakota actually make the tournament. So then they go out East, but whatever the case, I I do think that they're, they got up, very good chance at uh, locking up the uh, number one overall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: CCHA we mentioned, uh, uh, and also with uh, Atlanta Hockey. Uh, Hockey and the Big Ten and the CCHA are all entirely on campus conference tournaments. So the uh, first round for all these these three that I mentioned are all two out of three the first round. And then single games after that, obviously top seed getting home ice in each case. Um so CCHA is it going to be it, tell me the chance that what, what chance is there that the final is not Mankato versus Michigan Tech? The only I say it's like I'd say it's like a 95% chance it's going to be that. Yeah, maybe
1: that's a little bit high but not that much high. Like I would like, the only other team I could see obvious – well, maybe not obvious, but
0: like, – do, like,
1: do you like Bowling Green? In a
0: one-and-done, Bemidji can be kind of dangerous. I don't Jim. think they're going to get past the first round. <sighs> uh, Northern Michigan's been playing decent of late. Uh, they swept Bowling Green on the road here to finish the regular season. Uh, Four-game winning streak, actually. Um, six out of seven, if you go back even further. And so, and because of their sweep, and Bemidji, I believe dropped some points. They won on Saturday against St. Thomas, but I believe they uh, lost on Friday. Yeah, lost on Friday to St. Thomas. So they're actually be traveling to Northern Michigan. Uh, I don't like that matchup for Bemidji. No, I was going to say Northern Michigan might have a, a, a slugger's chance to uh, make some noise. Uh, I mean they were they were picked earlier in the year to be second. Remember. Uh, and that sort of flamed out pretty quickly, but maybe they got, maybe they got a little gas left. We shall see. They're kind of similar with Bowling Green in that they've got some, they got some decent scores. They got the Vanderbeck, uh, Bowling Green has a swankler who's having a great year for them. I think he's got close to 50 points for, for Bowling Green. So if I was going to say there was going to be a team to compete with either Mankato or Tech, it's going to be either Bowling or uh, Northern Michigan, but um, that should be. Uh, I don't think the first round, other than Bemidji Northern Michigan, I think the first round won't be as compelling. But once you get into that second round and then the final, obviously some uh, some decent uh, some decent matchups for some intrigue uh, in that league, and uh, similarly for ECAC. I don't think the early rounds are going to be as compelling as potentially the neutral site uh, portion of the when they go to Lake Placid, another Herb Brooks arena. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, that's the other Herb in college hockey world. Uh, uh, they sort the top four seeds in ECAC get a bye. I guess, you know, obviously Quinnipiac locked that up probably a month ago. Harvard, Cornell, St. Lawrence, probably the one surprise uh, being the fourth uh, seed in that tournament. They used to do the – then they do the 5 through 12, the first round, 5 through 12, 6 through 11, 7, 10, 8, 9. That used to be two out of three. changed that. It's just a single game elimination now. Then they play a two out of three series with the top four seeds um, after reseeding, and then they go to the final four. So you got three teams right now in ECAC. That's weird. It is kind of weird. Um, I think they're trying to cut down the amount of games, like don't have those early series to be three games long, uh, potentially. But so we got three teams right now in play in inside the top 15, Quinnipiac, Harvard, and Cornell. Last year, Cornell, or excuse me, Harvard ended up taking the auto bid And getting a second ECAC team. They were outside the top 15, but so they had to win the tournament. And they did just that last year to get a second ECAC team into the tournament. Right now, we got three ECAC teams that are in at large position. Do you say more than three, less than three, or right on? Three is the amount of teams that ECAC is going to put in the tournament. So if we
1: go less than three, Cornell, who's at thirteen right now, would have to drop. Or most like Harvard's a-
0: auto bid. Quinnipiac's, Quinnipiac's golden. Uh, yep. Harvard's pretty much golden. Pretty much. Uh, Cornell's Cornell's the one sort of iffy one, but above average chance. I mean, in the matrix, sixty-one uh, percent. So I mean, a little better than average chance to make it. Harvard's at ninety nine point nine, Quinnipiac at one hundred. So yeah, it really kind of depends on if, if Cornell's gonna maybe lose either that first round series for them, uh, or if they lose in Lake Placid, uh, or if you know another, you know if they kind of hold water there at thirteen, uh, if there's another uh, conference that has a automatic qualifier steal one of those last at large spots too, that's a possibility as well. So I guess it does come down to is or like Cornell could drop out but then another you know, St. Lawrence or another one at Colgate they could come up and swipe the auto bid by winning the conference uh, uh tournament. I think that's even less likely, but so what are you thinking? 2 or 3 or 4? I think it's just going to be 3. I really
1: I think it's just Quinnipiac's conference to lose. Um I don't see, I mean, yeah, maybe Harvard, but I think there's just such a big gap between, you know, Quinnipiac, Harvard, and Cornell versus, you know, like a Clarkson or Colgate or whatnot.
0: The thing with them, though, I saw this last year too, like they've kind of like been there, done that with the ECAC conference tournament. Like they've won that so many times that does it really mean much to them, especially if they're locked into a one seed going into the conference championship game. Like they could use that as like, we don't really need to win this, do we? Uh, We could, I don't know, maybe try some things and rest some guys. I don't know. I'm just saying like, maybe that, maybe that banner isn't, isn't so meaningful to them as the national championship is, which they've come so close to twice, you know, twice in the national title game uh, and coming up short and being a, being a one seed so often in the tournament, like, that's the one thing like you think that this is their tournament to lose they should kind of cut through it like butter but maybe they don't remember that's so motivated to to win this tournament because they got another tournament uh that they more want to win. I don't know. Throwing that out there. Maybe that's crazy. I mean that's a little crazy I think. But you you want to win that you want to
1: win that Cleary Cup. Yeah, right? Exactly. Um you know, in, in, in looking at, you know, where the cut line is, obviously everyone just gives one cut line to um the uh, Atlantic Hockey auto bed. So, you know, it's at kind of 15 where where do you think is the most common thought process in conference to kind of steal another one? Um, You know, right now with uh michigan or with michigan tech really on the safe side uh they're sitting at 11 minnesota state is at 15 so i mean somebody's sneaking up taking an auto bid there um or you know like i said ecac i don't see it happening there but i mean we're looking also golden uh chance there um hockey east only boston university is uh sitting pretty at six um who jumped up three spots, uh, as well from last uh, week when they were sitting at nine. So it's, I mean, Boston, you know, BU doesn't win that, uh, that moves that cut lane up, up one more, um, to 14, which drops Minnesota state out if they don't make some noise in the, in which they should make in, in, in the CCHA, but you know, yeah, you know, just uh, you know those uh those people that are sitting on the fringe. It's uh that ice I think is is a little bit thin. If you're looking at other conferences, I mean even NCHC uh, right now, right. You know, as far as St. Cloud goes, obviously we're good. Denver's good. Western Michigan is good. But you know, even though it's a split, we really hurt Omaha's chances. Um, Omaha dropped three spots, um, I believe. Yeah, three spots down to sixteen. So they're fighting yeah. or their playoff lives um here coming up very soon. So um but can that team make a run? History says no, but uh we've seen them play and they're able to really you know i think any game they can definitely it wouldn't surprise me if they win it would surprise me if they go on a run but i could see it happening at least in the realm of possibilities could north dakota make a run minnesota duluth make a run you know they're looking at the outside and you never know if that's going to you know i think that's actually you know might be a chance to be a be another conference where a uh, auto bid is taken away as well so
0: well and yeah, hockey, so Hockey East and NCHE are the only two conferences that still have regular season mm-hmm. games uh, for one more weekend and then their playoffs start. But, yeah, like you said, BU being the only Hockey East team in the gate right now, feel like, I mean, we've talked about Northeastern with their, you know, pairwise comparison issues, um, and that's not, I mean, they lost to UMass on uh, Friday. That really hurt them. They're down in 19 right now. Uh, So, or 7 they're at 17, I'm sorry. Uh, Merrimack, who's been playing better. I mean, getting back off the mat after a a real bad stretch in January and February. They're back up to 18. Of any of the conferences, to to answer your question, I would say Hockey East is is in the best position to take another spot out of one of these bubble teams, bubble at large teams. Like, I don't think Notre Dame is going to stick. I think they're going to drop out and Michigan State i i think is done too. So i think Big 10 i think they're done at five teams. Um Minnesota, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Or four yeah, four teams, i'm sorry, cuz they have Notre Dame, Michigan State, Wisconsin not making it. And then, so and at least two are losing in the first round.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh so. and the i guess the uh, elephant in the room here that we haven't mentioned is alaska
1: um oh that's not strange.
0: not in a conference um and, and speaking they're of they're really one, uh, they're really putting a wrinkle into this um winning sweeping arizona state in arizona state they're up to 12 in pairwise right now um which was which was
1: looking a little dicey um on on Saturday's game, uh, with yeah. Arizona State being up 2-0, uh, I looked at that and actually kind of was thought in my head, well, that's uh, that's the end of the Alaska dream. But uh, sure enough, they were able to rattle off four straight, and
0: they're, they're, they're still uh, hanging on to it. So now they have Lindenwood at home. Lindenwood right now at 60. 60. 60 out of 61 teams. So... If you lose, probably if you even tie them, that might kill Alaska. So you need to win mm-hmm. these two games. But as I said, they're the second worst team in college hockey, uh, according to the Pairwise. Oh, I So for- they should take care of business there.
1: Speaking of Lindenwood, I forgot about my point earlier also about Minnesota this season. So let's let let's pretend I made this point back then. Um Minnesota's non conference record is not that good. Um, Overall, their non conference record is six and four uh, because they've split with Mankato. They split with Bemidji. They split with North Dakota and they split with St. Cloud. The only team. Bemidji. I
0: think it was Bemidji. Who was it? They played Bemidji
1: in an exhibition game that didn't count. Oh, that's right. That Um, was the exhibition. It was one other.
0: Yeah, they split with, with the UND and Arizona State. There we go. Okay, Arizona so those, State. those are some over, overtime losses in three of those four games. Yeah. yeah. But.
1: um, So the only team that they've swept in non-conference was Lindenwood. <laughs> so, I mean, so, like, I, again, Minnesota fans thumping their chest a little bit, but non-conference, it's not like they're lighting the world on fire at all. So it's just. I don't know. I just I still think that they're 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 prime for being picked off. That's all I'm saying. Well, huh? I I, I don't think the Big Ten's that good.
0: So we take this as a threat for Alaska. Watch out for Lindenwood. Mm-hmm. Uh and but I gotta think that if they I, now see the thing with pairwise, if you play a very bad team and win, uh that could actually lower your RPI. So <laughs> what they'll do is they'll just take those games out of the equation. So it's most likely the only way that these games likely will count in pairwise for Alaska is if they lose or if they tie or of like an overtime result where they don't get a full win. Cause if they get full wins against Linda Wood, they're probably just not, they're just going to take them out of the equation. So the RPI that they have right now,
1: likely isn't going to change a
0: whole lot. What is this? It might it'll change a little bit because it's based on your strength of schedule and how the other teams that you've played this year do in their games. So, but at their RPI right now at five four three two, it's not going to change very much from that. But if they're at twelve, I gotta feel that that's solid for them. I was trying to look too is the twenty eighteen Duluth team that was the year that they were twelve and they were the last at large team in that mm-hmm. year. That was the I think that's the only time that the cut line was at twelve. Yeah. We had four conferences win have have teams win their conference tournaments from outside the top sixteen and steal four spots. So a lot of people will say, you know, yeah, you, know, you you don't want to be in the the bottom couple because you could, you know, the, the, these upsets in conference tournaments could steal some of these uh, at large spots. At most, it's usually one or two. I mean, it's very rare that four conference conference tournaments are decided or are won by teams outside the top 16. So you'd think that 12 is going to be pretty solid for them. So we'll talk about it next week if and when they sweep that Lindenwood series, uh, which they should. Um, But, I mean, hey, based on where St. Cloud's at, don't put out a potential first round opponent there. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, St. Cloud at five, right? Yep. At five right now, mm-hmm. five and twelve. I mean, if you're going straight bracket integrity, which this committee seems told seems favor, to love, yeah, um, we might be seeing the Canucks in the uh, in the postseason. That'll depend obviously on on how how their weekend shakes out, and obviously how St. Cloud finishes. Which their season I mean. Two.
1: You know one of those reasons that uh the no- the are no- no- where they are um was the big sweep against Denver I mean they they went
0: split or I I'm, I'm sorry a split against Denver but I mean it's really they I mean it's really their own I, I'm not a huge fan of this like Alaska ooh, plucky underdog <laughs> team I mean yeah they're they don't have a conference and you kind of feel like they've been you know and they were literally snubbed <laughs> they 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 Minnesota nice Uh, out of the W they killed the men's WCHA and the CCHA it's not just to (laughs) kick out the Alaskas and Huntsville it's a very Minnesota nice thing to do Um, and so yeah it's I I don't hate Alaska but at the same time they won at Denver and they won at Notre Dame that's like their two wins right now against teams currently in the field you saw this with uh, Arizona State when they made their their tournament You're able to you're able to to rack up a lot of wins against pretty bad teams uh, with these with these independents, and it's a, it's a quantity versus quality resume. Um, but the the computers like wins. That's the most thing. It's not really the quality of the wins necessarily. But if you can put up twenty two wins, which if they sweep a uh, uh, Lindenwood, they'll be at twenty two wins, and like I said, b- barring a miracle set of five underdogs snagging at larges in the conference tournaments, that'll likely be good enough to put them not only in the tournament but as a three seed. So, I don't know. I I've, I, I like Nebraska or I like Alaska because they they are a bit of an underdog, but at the same time, I I don't feel like their resume <laughs> stacks up necessarily. Nine. You can you can complain about Big Ten. Look at Alaska's schedule. Uh, it's. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's not good. their fault, though. That's the thing is that
1: when Penn State goes out of their way to schedule Sharmans and whatnot, I mean,
0: at- they played Penn State. Who? They played Penn State, actually, <laughs> earlier this year. Alaska yeah. did. Lost twice to them. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives more credence to maybe Penn State's for real. For real. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh,
1: Alaska, uh, in their last 10, though, they do have nine wins in their last 10 how many nine 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 nine. so it's they're they're i mean granted uh four of those were against or
0: three of those games were against long island and one of them was the loss against long island long island who i should mention is in the the midst of a three-game series against (sighs) alaska anchorage there you go don't see the three gamers too often in college hockey but uh Clearly, independence. There, they they needed to fill off the schedule a little bit. Why not? I guess so. It's a split so far. so the rubber. It's it's, it's, it's it's the rubber match here tomorrow Tomorrow. afternoon. Tune
1: in to ESPN Plus as you're uh, listening to this uh, hot off the presses. So (laughs) you you know if you listen to this later in the week, you're already going to know who's going to win the inaugural uh, UAA, which I don't know. Is there more miles between two
0: schools than these two? Like this is well, I know that I know that Huntsville and Fairbanks was a fourteen hour plane ride and they used to be in the same conference. Yeah. Uh this has gotta be similar to that. And I guess it's um it's a naval battle because it's sharks against sea No, Oh, there you go. So who, those, who there's comes blood up in the water. Top, so that's right.
1: All right well we uh we're at two hours here, and we haven't got to questions yet, so no, we'll just have a race through' them. all right sounds good uh, uh, um oh man, we didn't even talk about the uh end of the women's uh season as well Cue, cue the sad music yeah so i don't i don't have i don't have we'll sad. get that on the button we'll bar. get i get yeah i got i got happy stuff
0: we so you know we we've we've mentioned over the last few weeks, how, how this has been such a, out of the blue kind of surprise season and clearly not the way you wanted to end it, but, um, knowing that Duluth, Duluth is a very good team, uh, and with a very good goaltender. And I mean, so I don't think there should be any shame there in, in, in dropping that series, uh, and just be able to, to finish five hundred in his first year, Adolsky, I, I think is a a sign that this program finally has some upward momentum, which I mean it hasn't been that probably since you were that uh, stringer, yeah. you know, for the uh, University Chronicle, yeah, um, and that was, uh, that was my beat—the days of uh, Felicia Nelson and Holly Roberts. So, and I mean, I seriously, I mean, from look looking back at that team to this team. Do you see that this team has more potential than than that? Because again, that oh seven, oh eight era pre is, is previously been the high watermark for this program. Yeah. Gating into like the twenty like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, like that era previously has kind of been the what we've considered the best St. Cloud women's team in the past. D- is this now what we think is of the golden age? And uh I think it do will you feel be. more confident. Yeah, I so, think it will
1: be because I think we got the right guy at the helm. Right. Um, With Videlsky. And it's just,
0: even if we're, even if we improve even more on this, Mm -hmm. this league, I mean, you got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Duluth. I don't think they're going anywhere. No, they're not. Like, so it's, you could, we could improve another six wins next year and still be in fifth place. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of the frustrating thing is that this league is such a gauntlet that uh, the learning curve is that much longer. But um, or at, at least the 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 climb to the very top, yeah. Um, and so I don't want to bum us out in that regard, but just keeping it to the to, to the message that this is this was a a great year, and at least looking at that division of the league, really able. Other than that series in Mankato that you got swept, you were able to take care of business against all of those lower the teams lower than the Huskies. And you're able to snag some wins against the the top four. If we can just get you know continue to hold serve against the teams that are below you and pick off some more of those wins and and also just looking more competitive in the in those games against the uh, the upper tier. Yeah, ex- not being exactly. you know the forty to fifteen out shot and kind of winning one nothing or 2-1 two, games if you do win. Just being a little bit more competitive or losing seven nothing.
1: Or anything like that, right? So it's
0: but yeah, it's it's been uh, 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 expectations, not just defying, but it's almost not. We're setting new expectations for this program. Like, if they backslide back into seventh place next year, then this might have been all for naught, kind of like a mirage. But I don't, for some reason, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, knowing that this guy was able to to pull North Dakota up from from pretty much rock bottom where North Dakota's women's team was when he took over. And again, he, it took him a, a couple of years to get that team back to competitiveness. He's already kind of exceeded the expectations here in year one. So very much uh, thumbs up uh, on this season and hope for uh, hope for better uh, in the future. Yep. And, um, but we, uh, we picked up
1: a kind of a big commitment um you know with um uh from gentry academy in uh, grace delmonico monaco and uh you know uh, uh 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 sydney had a really good write-up on the rink live you know kind of a little bit about her well, and, and i mean that's uh, a but 68 points in 28 games so i mean that and St. Cloud desperately needs
0: scoring <laughs> so. and I, I do feel like there were we're slowly getting to a more parody stage. I mean, we're not, we're not there yet, but Mm -hmm. I saw that uh, I saw that the uh, missus or the Ms. Hockey uh, award uh, went to a St. Thomas commit. Mm -hmm. St. Thomas is going to have the Ms. Hockey on their team.
1: Yeah. And and so it's like,
0: it's not just the Gophers anymore. Like uh, we've we've got some real competition in the state. I
1: do do really think also St. Thomas is going to have a really good rise up i think i think they're actually going to be kind of a contender sooner than you'd think
0: i mean they're right there in the metro they're right there yeah, in the that's, metro that's the best and i think footprint yeah and
1: i i think like the education that you could get there right uh, like and I, I, now they, they've got
0: their arena figured out yeah I, I think so, they're gonna
1: that's gonna be another hard place to kind of recruit uh, against, even though they I don't mean, have
0: now you got these cake eaters now to to compete with yeah, great so
1: um Let's see here. Questions. Um, what what play this weekend will cause Eric to chuck a beer and or his baby? That laughed quite a bit at that one. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. Hopefully it's not a bushy turnover. Um, Jeff Ammon. Uh, had to get that win on Friday. Saturday just looks soppy. Best case scenario for this weekend is sweep Minnesota Duluth. North Dakota can split with Omaha and Miami take um Western Michigan to one overtime game. Um, you know, to try to get that uh two seed. Um that would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean I think so. I actually you know
0: what? I didn't yeah, double no. check him.
1: I'm just trusting him.
0: Yeah, St. Cloud. <laughs> so. they're they're two points behind Omaha. Them and Western are at thirty nine, Omaha's at forty one. So yeah, that. That combination, because again, you can't tie with Western Michigan because they're going to yep. have the tiebreaker with you. But if you get six points versus their five or below, then yeah, that would do it. And I, I, like I said, I think that that Omaha will split with uh, North Dakota. So yeah, I, I'm rooting for that scenario.
1: Um, so he said, just much would much rather have the two seed. So he he really wants to go up against uh and Colorado, Colorado College.
0: Oh, well, but which, maybe maybe CC uh sweeps Denver. And then they they jump I think if Saint uh, Cloud sweeps Saint Cloud sweeps North Dakota or uh Saint, uh Duluth and CC sweeps Denver. Yeah, CC would jump Duluth. CC then we would be tied with North Dakota. CC would actually God, they would actually jump North Dakota then. Well, CC's not going to sweep Denver. <laughs> so, uh, but that, they, that I rem- suppose they could still get fifth place. So
1: that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite scenes from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where the teacher goes, I've decided to switch Friday's schedule to Monday. So the test that we normally have on Friday about the stuff we've learned during the week will now take place on Monday before we've learned it. But since it's Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. <laughs> That's what all of that was. Was Look at all the things that could happen. I mean, but it won't. <laughs> so. All the Gen Zers listening to us is like, what's Willy Wonka? Is that that Johnny Depp movie? Anyway,
0: it's possible, though. I mean, like Denver's already wrapped up the Penrose. They're, they're going to. They did this, they did this last year. Pull the Quinnipiac and just take the weekend off. And well, they did this last year. Their last series against CC, when I was doing that Corona uh, update, uh, they put their they've started their backup in the second game. So I don't know. Maybe CC will at least get one point or one win out of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would. doubt. I? I wouldn't feel confident about that. But yeah, let's not lock in CC to seventh. That's, that's all <laughs> I'm saying. Gotcha.
1: Uh Chris Becker, why is a consistent effort so hard for this team? And that's especially been like the big issue here down the stretch. Um this last month month and a half has been just the lack of consistency. It, especially you know on Saturdays. You talked about it earlier, just not not being ready, not coming out um and matching or you know controlling dictating the pace. Um, I, I still think that there were some good, more good than bad out of this weekend, but we know we're going to have to ramp up that consistency if we're going to, uh, make it, you know, kind of get a good run here going for the, for the NCAA tournament. I do think this team has it in them, but the health issue also is, is kind of scary. Yeah. Agree um uh what's the planning goal aaron can't do a rotation during a single elimination tourney. it's
0: yeah, that's a good point yeah
1: um it i feel like it's caster's net right now which again you said it earlier too i wouldn't have guessed it
0: so that's what i would i, I would expect caster net on friday and see how he does and ex you know have Bassey at the ready for Saturday if need be. But I would say if Caster's looking great, throw him in that again on Saturday, that that would be my plan. But I've, I've been so wrong on this. Like, yeah. Feeling like it Once it. Maybe you know, Bassie Bassey's going to start for a redemption.
1: Uh, Could be. So yeah.
0: I can see that happening it, too. Every time that I've thought that, okay, now I think I know what he's doing. It seems that when, when he zigs, then he's eggs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, you tell me what the goaltending uh, <laughs> rotations like. That's why we have this podcast, is so we can second
1: guess no matter what. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the end we can be like, nope, that was the wrong move. So, um, uh, Zach, Friday night was encouraging. Saturday was a step backwards. What game features the real Huskies, and what do they need to do to have more games like Friday? Um, I, I do feel like when Huskies are playing their game, yeah, Friday is more their style and how they like to play. I, I do feel like, oh they were a little bit better in transition as well. That game. And overall the defense didn't kind of make as many mistakes. Like, like I said, Bushy and Trayball had a really bad game there on, on Saturday. Uh, they, they, they weren't perfect on Friday by any means, but I felt like they made some better play or they didn't make as many bad plays. And this team is still really bad at clearing the zone. And if they have trouble clearing the zone and that, I think that's going to be kind of the Achilles heel for this team. And we saw that against North Dakota, especially that they were able to cycle around incredibly well. So, I mean, that's going to be kind of my big thing is, like, in more games on Friday, be more consistent getting the puck out of the zone um, and uh, just just do a better job overall protecting the puck and, you know, more tenacity when you don't have the puck to try to get that back. I think that's the recipe for success for this team.
0: Yeah, I'd like to – I'd love to be able to say that it was those, you know, Pirates injury threw you for a loop. You already were playing a guy short on the weekend with Wiley out, had to put in your extra defenseman Zemer in that game. But, and then Trabel was hurt later in the game. And so maybe these guys were flustered and uh, taking on more of a workload than is expected. But, you know, we've seen this kind of sloppiness when those injuries weren't apparent, weren't a factor. So, I can't just give them the pass there that says they was, you know, they were playing shorthanded on Saturday. But so yeah, I just the unforced errors, I think I feel like you have more of an opportunity to clean those up. There's sometimes that the other team is gonna just make a great play on you and there's nothing you can do about it, but feeling like to, to limit the opportunities that you're just handing the other team. That's what I'd like to see cleaned up a little bit uh in this last weekend and beyond so well uh that about does her yeah
1: about does her for, uh this episode of the husky Hockey podcast thank you so much for listening i am wealthy at more clappers m-o-a-r more clappers
0: andrew where can you be reached you can reach me at airy or uh huskies hockey podcast i was gonna give you my personal uh email
1: but I mean if you Let's really want it to it, if you have puzzle huskies. ideas yeah. or
0: if you want to submit a puzzle for for Andrew, um wordplay huskies hockey podcast at gmail.com. Nobody emailed me. there were Huskies fans in Omaha. So Tisk Tisk. Yeah, I should have please email
1: me. I should have pimped it out maybe a little bit more on Twitter, be like, hey Andrew's gonna be there, stop by and
0: buy him a beer, etc. So I didn't need another beer on Friday. But I probably would have taken it. But um, <laughs> but I, I
1: needed a lot more I on Saturday 20. to forget about the Saturday game. That's right. So, That's right. Perfect. So. Well, uh, until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!